Hey guys, welcome to the Free Pizza Podcast. And today's guest is Brittany McGee, baker and entrepreneur. Enjoy. What's up, man? Uh, this is great because I don't know. I've known you for a long time, and you've done so much, and I've eaten your stuff for years. And you made this amazing shop in Minston, the Homeby Shop. It's done so well, and I'm stoked to talk about it. Me too. I'm stoked. Yeah. So let's dive in. Um, so tell us where where did cooking start? Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a household where my family did cook a lot, but no one really made desserts actually um so i like i am self-taught but like i'm like completely self-taught like i didn't learn anything from my grandmother or my mom no they 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 just baked stuff out of a box which is totally fine because okay yeah Yeah. you know you're still making it but like with the uh mass production of like food and all that kind of stuff for convenience purposes like you know it's just you know what it is and what we're used to right like a lot of people are used to growing up um but i always found it to be really fascinating to be in the kitchen and yeah. being hands-on and I've, I've just always really enjoyed it from a young age that's awesome so at that young age what age was this about i mean i was in the kitchen when i was like six years old like with right. my grandma making dinner you're like making stuff from scratch you're helping her make all this kind of stuff yeah yeah I mean, despite so, you said they little bot stuff but like what do you remember making that was like from you know scratch and stuff oh i mean like sauce you know i'm, I'm italian oh yeah and mostly italian and, and irish but um yeah i would just be making sauce with her all day making lasagnas baked zidis Ooh. eggplant parmesan you know all all the classics oh my goodness at a young age yeah yeah I, well it was really important i think to my family um to really implement that and to like use that time to not only spend together but like growing and learning like life skills um, which a lot of people unfortunately like lack because they don't have that time at such a young age and exposure to it. I think yeah. that's cool. So, do you have any, you remember making anything of significance back then that you were like, wow, like I love doing this? Is any any kind of item stand out to you? Um, yeah, I actually remember the first thing I ever baked Ooh. ever, and I was like six, so I should not have been in the kitchen. <laughs> Um, I shouldn't have been. Uh, my grandfather was watching me while my parents were out, and okay. he had fallen asleep watching the race on TV. So he was like passed out on the couch. Okay. And uh, I had like seen my grandma make like a makeshift peach cobbler with like bisquick and canned peaches. And I mean, I'm not knocking it. It's it's delicious. Heck yes. Um, <laughs> I love bisquick, Shit. but. But uh, I wanted to be nice and make him something for, like, when he woke up. And uh, I was in the kitchen. I I actually was somewhat successful from what I can remember. Maybe my parents were just being nice to me. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, I cut myself using the can opener. Oh. Uh, So I definitely got in trouble for doing that. But it was like, I was like, this is fun. I like this. Wow. Yeah. So you're that young age and... 
So that age, you you even then you were just like, okay, cool, I want to get better. Yeah. And did you like go to your parents? And be like, hey, I really like cooking. Like, can you teach me some things? Or does you say it was all just on your own? Um, I guess it was more so like picked like picked up through exposure to it. Like I was saying, where we would make family dinners together, we would always sit down at the table yeah. too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we we made it a point to use food as a means to like get together and um, really be able to even use that space to communicate how our day was and but spend that time together and i think that's what i love about food so much is it's so much more than just sustenance Mm -hmm. um it evokes memories and that's like the one thing with baking i really try to tap into right that's really cool so okay as the years go goes by and obviously you're, you're still cooking from that age all throughout right Mm-hmm. So, like, what things were you, like, were you getting, like, better at? Were you making a lot of, like, a lot of baked goods? Or, like, what were you making throughout the years? Um, so, I started baking a lot, actually, when I was, like, going to shows when I was, like, 14, 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, that, that was, like, my biggest outlet in high school was, was going to shows. And I, I had friends in school, but I connected with people so much more through music. Mm-hmm. And sharing those common interests. And so I just, I just was trying to be nice, I guess. And I would just bring them cookies. And uh, I actually didn't make those from scratch. Okay. Pillsbury did a really great job at that point in my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> so <laughs> um, then I just, I just kept baking from that point. And I do enjoy cooking. I'm, I'm like all right at it. But I, I enjoy the challenge of yes. baking the precision yes. of baking the uh it's it's so much more than just like well, i'm gonna like wing it which again i'm not knocking that it takes a certain skill set to be able to do that too mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's really where it started and it kind of just evolved from there but right. i never thought that it was something i was going to do with my life yeah i was wondering all. like what part and obviously i've had your you know even cooking for a long time and i've known you for a many of years but when did it hit that you were like, okay, I'm because you went to school and everything? Yeah, we went to UNCG you know, together. together. Yeah, uh, women's gender studies, and even at that point, were you thinking about okay, I'd rather be cooking? Well, so like, I mean, when I was at UNCG, I started, I applied as a sculpture major, right? right. So like, I've always like been hands on and like using my hands and like creating things, um, but I switched my pathway um because honestly like it it wasn't lucrative to what i had planned and what honestly like what my parents wanted for me if i'm being real like they they didn't want me to be this quote-unquote struggling artist who like has all this potential and um they just didn't see they didn't believe in that pathway like in for life for me so i switched to communication studies and that's broad enough to where it's like uh, it's everything yeah Yeah. (laughs) but there wasn't a concentration and that bothered me so that's why i did women and gender studies but i baked in college to actually like procrastinate uh honestly like that's like that's what i did and i was like oh like i'm gonna go see my friends later i should work on this paper but i think that they would enjoy me bringing them food cookies. instead yes so i would i would just make cookies all the time i can attest to that 
That's a, that was, yeah. You were great about that. Yeah, I, miss, I like I like to feed people. That's also my inner Italian. It ma- it makes me happy to see people yes. happy when they eat stuff I make. So that's cool. I mean, I I definitely I knew you were Italian, but like I, I that makes so much sense of why this means to, so much to you. Yeah, food is like culture. central. Yeah, that's yeah. the time that obviously you know it's been together and all that kind of stuff. That's really cool. Um, so I was in the back of your mind going throughout and finishing your time at UNCG. You're obviously have baking kind of in mind and when, even when you graduated you didn't think you would want to open up a shop or anything right no um when i was doing my last semester at uncg actually i had gotten a job at honeypot okay i remember that yeah um so i had worked at mellow mushroom and almost every other pizza place in winston for whatever reason <laughs> that's true <laughs> honestly yes <laughs> that's just like that was my thing um but a couple of the guys who worked at Mellow uh, were going over to Honeypot. Mm-hmm. And I would always bring in stuff there. And they were saying how they needed a pastry chef. And I was like, yeah, but I'm a home baker. And they're like, well, just bring something in and like meet him and see how it goes. And um, I brought in scones. <clears throat> I actually had never told anyone this. Yes. I have. I had never made a fucking scone in my life before that before that point ever wow. how how so why did you decide to do a scone i mean i i don't i well it was like southern like new southern and so like i didn't want to do like a biscuit but i wanted to do something that was like approachable and like relevant to what like the food that they were serving and i wanted it to just be something like a quick drop off like n- nothing uh, like a peach cobbler or like a massive cake or something like that yeah i just wanted to like play it cool and drop it off as like a little hey you know welcome and congratulations i'm gonna leave bye yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's kind of how it went uh and then matt called me and we met and he hired me yeah I that was thought. that was awesome i did remember going there um yeah i, I remember working yeah it was also travis mm-hmm. you know tia and yeah that was amazing and you were just a pastry chef well right, they're right so i did i did the cold line so i did the desserts but i and, and they like prepped all the other stuff because i was busy baking and preparing everything else um and i would do some prep for like salads and appetizers but so and I'd never worked in a kitchen ever. Like, let's just put that disclaimer right. out there. I didn't right. know what the fuck was going on <laughs> half of the time. Um, but I I was the person who got double fucked. So I had to have all the appetizers out first so they could turn tables over faster and then mm-hmm. I'd get fucking yelled at okay. if I didn't get my desserts out fast, fast enough. enough. Because yep. it was such like small seating that they you had to turn People tables over. And stuff, yeah. But I mean, you know, still have like a, a good experience. It, they weren't like rushing people out. But so I was like, well, shit, like, oh, okay, fine. And everyone's like always like fussing at me. Like, come on, come on. Like, that's where I learned to grow a backbone. Yes. Like, that's where it all started. Yes. Because honestly, like, if you don't have a thick skin, like, don't work in a kitchen. Yes. It just, I mean, course like i cried a lot like you know it yeah, happens but man i am not the same person <laughs> i was when yes, i first started definitely. so that's good though yeah it's like those situations definitely humble you absolutely you know what i'm saying and absolutely that's insane i didn't i didn't think of that 
obviously you go on there, you don't think it's happening in the back, you know, but it's that's nuts of how that's happening. Well, like <clears throat> working in back of the house, and again, I don't have as much hands-on experience as a lot of people, even like who I know who are our line cooks and people like even look down on that and like, oh, you're a line cook. It's like, no, that's hard, man. It's hard work. It, it's hot. You're hustling. People are yelling at you. You're yelling at other people. Like, it's not easy. Right. So I don't, I, I feel that, especially in the culinary world, um, people feel like you need to be a chef and like have all of these credentials to be respected. And I think that it's really important that you have that reciprocal understanding that like, you have to have a mutual respect right. because it's it's just not an easy job. Right. It's just not an Absolutely easy job. Absolutely not. And I want to jump back a little bit because obviously this is your first job kind of in that field. Yeah. Other than you doing stuff by yourself. Yeah. So Matt, he says his name is? Yeah, well, Matt, Matt, Matt call, Pleasance. Well, Matt called you and I guess he was the owner? Um, Head chef. Head exec, chef. Executive chef. Yeah. chef. So when he called you, he was like, hey, Brittany, I'm interested in you know hiring you. What was going through your head then? Was that, was that something you thought you wanted to do at that moment in time when he called you? Well, at that point, I was full-time at UNCG, finishing right. up my like my last right. semester, commuting from Winston to Greensboro, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and working three other jobs Yeah. on top of, I eventually took that on too. Um, but when you want something, you make it work. Right. And... To, to be completely honest, I when I look back at that point in my life, I don't know how I, like, managed to juggle all of that. Yeah, me either. But it, it's, it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, <clears throat> uh, but even still, though, when I was there, I was working on my degrees. So I had every intention of, of using those. Mm -hmm. And this was just really fun for me in the meantime. And I was really having a, a good time, like, not only, like, learning and, like um being able to execute these ideas that i had in my head um but it it, it wasn't something that i was truly considering exactly to kind as of a surprise, I'm guessing. yeah and obviously it's you know you probably thought it's like, a step in kind of the right direction so why not yeah yeah so were you were you making the dessert like we making the menus and everything yeah for desserts yeah so when i first started because again i really didn't understand like i i came in there and i wanted to impress people and put my best foot forward and be really innovative and do different things other than like a flourless chocolate tort or a brownie a la mode or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was overcomplicating things. That's one really big thing that I've learned. Um, not only being in the culinary industry, but also as a business owner, um, you want to keep things simple mm -hmm. and like, you can't reinvent the wheel. Right. So like when you think about a dessert menu, you want to like hit some key points like chocolate, citrus, caramel, um, <clears throat> all of those like different nuances. So you have like different options to pick from. What I was doing was just like creating things without any real intention mm -hmm. behind it. And I think that with anything that you do, but especially with food, in order for it to be the best experience possible, like you have to not only put like good energy into it, but you have to approach it with intention. Right. Because that is going to be um, very, very uh, apparent, excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. when people are, are eating what you make. Exactly. So, That's uh, wild. I mean, I definitely don't know. I mean, I don't cook, obviously. But, um... <laughs> The culture of cooking is cool because that's I didn't I'm not thinking about that when I'm eating it. 
Right, you're, right. There is like, like, it's a lot. It's so complex. Well, if you think about it, though, so you you have obviously different types of restaurants, different restaurants, different price points. You know, again, until I really understood food and went into it with again, I'll use the word intention because that's really important to me with what I do. I didn't understand going into a restaurant and spending two hundred dollars on eight small plates of food (laughs) that you're still not even full when you leave. I thought that was so stupid. And you're buying a $150 bottle of wine, like to go with that. It's just like, what, like what is wrong with you? Right. Right. But that is the way that we've been hardwired. I feel like as Americans to understand food, like what you can get for like the most bang for your buck. Right. And I mean, that's just what we're taught. But as soon as I started to really completely change my perspective about food versus it being just sustenance, that it actually is an experience. And me like being in the service industry for a long time also really helped me Mm -hmm. um, understand that even further. Once I saw the way that they were doing food at Honey Pot, it was just completely life changing for me. He was working with local farmers mm-hmm. who literally were coming in with like dirt on their hands with these beautiful like chicken of the woods mushrooms that taste like fried chicken and are bright orange. And, That's you know, you, you never know these things until you're exposed to yeah, them. You're in it. Yeah. So that it was a very transformative experience. But in the end, it it didn't work out because my intention was to graduate college and and, and, and go forward with that degree and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so, so just transition out of the honey pot. So yeah. after that experience ended, what was after that? Are you still like okay? I still want to cook, and bake, and stuff, but I got to figure out how to do it. I um no, no? actually okay. um when I left there it it wasn't necessarily on the best terms, but it wasn't it wasn't bad terms. Right. Um, I was just, I was sick of it. Mm-hmm. Working in a kitchen is really mentally um, exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's physically exhausting and emotionally exhausting. Uh, and I just, I wasn't ready for it at that point in my life. Uh, the hours are <laughs> like so long and you're on your feet all day. And I just, because my heart wasn't in it 100%, it wasn't worth it to me. Right. And because, again, I had every intention of doing other things with my life. So I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Like, yeah. I'm not fucking scrubbing the cooler one more fucking time. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not doing it. Um, I will say this, though, at Honey Pot, and I'm very fortunate for it. They did pay me really well with having no previous experience. Yeah, and, really nice. and they really took care of their people. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that same experience. Yeah. So that is one thing I'm really grateful for. That's really um, nice. That's yeah. perfect. Cool. So, between that and obviously the shop, is there anything that significant that happened between there? Um, after I graduated college, I just I kept working in the service industry for a while. I was at Rayland Vineyards in Moxville, mm-hmm. um, and I was doing their tasting room there, and I really enjoyed um, that too. And <clears throat> that just exposed me to a completely other side of mm-hmm. like food and beverage. So that was really cool. Um, but I had like, so <laughs> I had a communication studies degree with mm-hmm. like no real focus. And then I have this women and gender studies degree, which 
that completely changed my perspective on the entire world in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, but like I had these degrees, <laughs> I graduated and I still didn't know what the fuck yeah. I was going to do Dude, with yes. them. And I had two of them. Yeah. Two. Two degrees. Yep. <laughs> so that's why I just kept working in the service industry because, I mean, quick, easy money. Mm-hmm. like Used to it and yeah. all that. And, uh, but then I got a job opportunity in Raleigh. Yep. Remember that? And I was like, all right, I'm going to get this office job, which it was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I worked with really awesome people. Uh, but long story short, it, I just was not cut out to sit at a desk and do Excel spreadsheets mm-hmm. at that point in my life. Right. Now I have to, to do say, that's Now I got to do them. Your life. <laughs> now. <laughs> Every day. So I did take some skills, um, like skill sets from that experience too. Um, but it's that's not what I wanted to do like all day. Right. I mean, that's not what I did all day, but that's like what I did most, a lot of the most time. Most of your day. Yeah. Cool. So, and you and Raleigh, then eventually, obviously, you moved back. Yeah. Um, I decided that I, I wish I just wasn't happy. Um, I, I'd moved and I was living with my friend Brianna and she's awesome. You mm-hmm. know, Brie. Yes. She's super cool. Shout out Brie Swing. Yep. <laughs> I love her so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but we both worked crazy schedules and she was really like my, one of my only friends. I mean, mm-hmm. um, my friend Charlie lived there and I mm-hmm. had, I had other people, but with the way our schedules were, I was just like, so I just wasn't happy. And I called my my DM, who they're based in Baltimore, and I and I'd been baking a little bit again, mm-hmm. like I had gotten back into it. Cause after I left Honeypot, I didn't actually step foot in my kitchen for like almost a year. Oh wow! Yeah, like I didn't that bake. Really exhausted you out. You I didn't like, bake anything. Yeah. Like I didn't. I didn't even really cook. Like I I just didn't want to be in a kitchen. Okay. I, it made me miserable. Um, so I was getting back into it when I was in Raleigh more, and I just decided, I was like, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to start a cookie company. Like, Wow. Yeah. Like, I called him, and I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I've been talking to my friend who works with, like, um, who, or who knows someone who works with Lowe's Foods, and they have, like, that local section, you know? Yeah. And we were just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. It wasn't anything, like, concrete. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, and... I made it happen three years later, so. That's nuts. Yeah. So, this obviously is a hard interview right here, and there's a lot that went into this this company. Yeah. So, you had the idea for a cookie company. Just cookies. That was my intention. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but no, at that time, you weren't thinking about brick and mortar. You were like, I just want to do cookies. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, how did that transition into this shop? So... I mean, I was really, really, really fortunate to have a really solid group of people help me and help me push through and who believed in me. And without them, I I would not be here and where I'm at today. Um, But... Wait, I'm sorry. I lost track. What was the question You're good. You're good. The transition from like just like doing the cookie business to what steps were you taking to make the shop happen? Well, I had... <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of steps, but like kind of like maybe condense it down for us. But it's kind of... It, that's the thing, though, is like, I okay, I've always been scared my whole life to do like anything without it like being overthought like a million times. Yeah. Like yeah, I just fine. Yeah. overthink everything. Yeah. This was the only thing in my life where I literally did it like a few times and I was like, 
fuck it. I'm just going to jump in and do this. I have no idea what I'm doing yes, at all. I love that, yeah. Um, I think that people are more scared of success than failure. Yep. Yes. Um, and it's it really just, it, it takes saying fuck it and doing it. Just doing it. And um, I have had to completely change who I am, like mm-hmm. not as a person, but like the way I, I live my day-to-day life, like not sleeping in until 11 a.m., which that's sleeping into me um, yes, yes, <laughs> at yes. this point. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it evolved in a way where I didn't anticipate like having all these like muffins and little quiches and hand pies. I, I really just wanted to do cookies. Right. That's That was it. Right. Um, so the, sh- the shop opened. Um, I had a lot of cookies. Mm-hmm. I had <laughs> just started making macaron mm-hmm. <sighs> like maybe three months before. And so I like I really did not know what I was doing. Like right. I was completely self-taught just watching videos and reading articles and recipes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, over time I saw, and I I listened to my, my uh, consumers. I listened to the people who were Mm -hmm. coming in, the things that they wanted to see, because I learned that, and and very quickly that cookies, like you can't just, it's, it, it, you can't just do one thing. Right. People love cookies. Yes. I love cookies. Shout out to cookies. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but people also like to have options. Yes. So um, I do like traditionally baked things. I offer vegan items, gluten-free items, and gluten-free vegan items at right. retail. Um, they are all small batch. I do try to have at least around like 20 options, which is a lot. Per day. Um, per day, right. at least right. per day. Um, and going across the board with all of those different like dietary restrictions or preferences. Um, but my shop is very small too. Mm-hmm, it is. And I think that with how much we've grown in just a year's time, not even, mm-hmm. and with the, the following via social media, which is extremely powerful mm-hmm. in, and critical in the success of the humble bee, honestly, um, like People people think it's a lot bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. And I have one oven. I have literally a hallway for a kitchen. Um, I have to, when I take my sheet pans out of the oven, like lift them over my head and shimmy. And like, yes. like, like almost like crab walk, like through my, my little hallway of a kitchen. Um, you know, I don't have a dishwasher. Like yeah. it's. It's it's the basics, um, but it's mine. Yeah. And that's what's awesome about it. You made it happen. Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster. If you need a website or online store to sell your cool products, go to Zipster. They make it fun and easy. Go to zipster.com slash free pizza to get yours now. Yeah. So what obstacles did you face making the actual brick and mortar happen? How was that? So whenever I was like looking for a space, I just wanted to have like a commissary. Like I didn't, I didn't want to have a storefront. I wanted, if I, if anything, to be more of a studio bakery <clears throat> to take on private orders and mm-hmm. do consultations and things like that. Um, um, but eventually like after looking for spaces <clears throat> and, 
um, considering how much like build outs cost and permits and really having to gut something to create it all is a lot of money. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of money. And that like, I really just was in a position where I either find a, a space that already had something built out, um, which also is not super cost effective or I, or I mean, I found this one, this one space and it was a storefront and I did not want a storefront. Right. Wow. So you did not want a no, storefront. No, I wasn't looking for a storefront. I didn't okay. want one. Okay. Um, I didn't want to, I had been dealing with the public for like yeah. so long. Yeah. So I wanted to like have one of those things where it's like, I have an internet presence. I take on private orders. I do private consultations. Um, but like, again, like a studio bakery versus a retail bakery. Mm hmm. Um, but then I saw all the pros of it. Yes. Especially being in food. Yes. yes. Um, being able to interact with people, mm -hmm. um, not just going in and having a, a specific routine of like, okay, I'm going to have my coffee, answer my emails, have my clients. And it's all like expected, you know, you know, what's coming. Um, and I understood that having a brick and mortar would be, a really great space for me to grow not only as a baker but as a person because mm -hmm. it's not easy no absolutely not no <laughs> that's insane so all right so you say all right i see the pros of having brick and mortar okay news how, how do how do you start them how do you even start the motion of finding a place or getting a loan and all that good stuff like how 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 was that process um, well, I, I had saved up a lot of money, right. um, over a period of a couple of years. And then I had some like private investors where it, it's more of like a, a loan with like low interest. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, and thankfully I had that because if I didn't, I, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten approved for a loan and that's where a lot of people face those issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and thankfully I was in a position where I made an agreement you know, they believed in me, they believed in my vision and, um, you know, things are being reciprocated and it's awesome. And I'm having, I have a great relationship with them. Um, but I, I was in a good spot yeah. and uh, not a lot of people are as fortunate as I was. And I'm 100% transparent about that because if I didn't have that, I, I wouldn't be right. where I am. Um, it costs a lot of money, right? a lot of money. And I actually did it for a lot cheaper because I, I, I used like the bare, like essentials. I, I make sure that if I'm going to like buy something that it's going to be worth it and that I, I need it. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, instead of like installing a dishwasher for like $1,200, I wash my dishes by hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I dry them by hand. Seriously, that's, I mean, that's the same you know? price as you make. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so yeah, we... We redid the inside. I got a nice display with like marble and upfitted it. And, you know, it, it looks nice. Pink wall and, you know, my logo, all that stuff. Right. Um, but it, I mean, it didn't start out like super nice. Yeah. I, I was using an iPad with my square and my phone some days because the iPad, um, actually Jessica Turner gave it to me. Oh yeah. Actually, I do remember that. Shout out Jessica Turner. Yeah. Um, That's love her. her. Yes. Um, I can't wait to see her again. Yeah, uh, she's been on the podcast too. She's really great. She's amazing. she's amazing. She came by and cause I was looking for one cause I needed one for my square stand mm -hmm. and she just like gave it to me. Cause she's, know. she's just an amazing human being. I agree. 
Um, and uh, yeah, shout out to her and her mom for like doing big things in York. Yes. I, ugh, God, yes. I want to go down there and get those cinnamon rolls. So, what are you telling? Dang. She posts those pictures <laughs> and I'm like, golly. They're so beautiful. Jeez. Oh, That's cool. That's crazy how like you never know how these people you'll meet your journey you are it will just mm-hmm. change stuff for you yeah and that's really cool because honestly comes to the bakery and whatever everything you've done it is it's, there's always someone helping always you know always whether, you know whether you think about it or not there's someone always having some effect on like you know how everything how everything is turning out and that's beautiful that's crazy how that impact of an ipad probably just changed so much for you yeah i was yeah. able to take people's credit cards yeah. and not have my cracked actually your phone that i bought from you yeah, i still shout have out to myself yeah yeah you've like <laughs> you like because of you i'm that's able to conduct phone. business that's hilarious yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though that's awesome so yeah. um jumping back to when you saw that specific space and what yeah. street is it on it is on Brookstown Avenue. It's on Brookstown. Yep. So you found that space. So the way the shop is now, mm-hmm. did you have that vision in your head of how it looked like that when you first saw the space? No. Right. Okay. Not at all. Gotcha. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> the setup of my space is awful. Yeah. But the wall was already built in. And yes. so were all of the, like every, like the triple sink was there. Like it. It, it hand washing sink i didn't want to touch any of it already there um because also like this is the thing about being an entrepreneur and when you're renting any upfits that you make to the building you can't take it with you or like get compensated for it um so i again just didn't like i wanted to work with what i had and i wanted to make it work because I really think that people get caught up when they open businesses mm-hmm. in the hoity-toity, like, I got to have, like, this specific back, back, backsplash or this, like, specific fabric on these chairs. Mm-hmm. And I, I care about the ambiance or whatever. And they don't focus on their product. Mm-hmm. And by the time it gets, you know, to the point where they're p- investing their money into their food and their food costs, they've spent, like, all of this money. And then you end up compromising the quality and like integrity of your product. Yep. So I was just like, I'm going to work with bare minimum, keep it like super simplistic. Mm-hmm. I have one table mm-hmm. with two chairs. Yep. Uh, I don't have an espresso machine. I have really good drip coffee mm-hmm. on Nightflyer out of Charlotte. That's very good. Paul Wagner is amazing. <laughs> um, then I also use Magic Beans Coffee Essence for our iced coffees. Um, Perfect. And we make our syrups in house, and it's it's cool. It's 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 fun, and it's it's simple. Yeah. Um, but I think that. Some things are just better simplified, and it's it, it kind of streamlines things too. Yeah, so. that's very cool that you kept most of the things in your shop very local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like your time at the Honey Bee, uh, Honey Pot. Yeah, um, you know everything, seeing everything's very local and very you know you're supporting your community and that kind of stuff. That's very cool. Did you have did you have that vision of doing that when you opened a shop of like having local coffee and yeah, all that it, kind of stuff? That's really important yeah. to me. Yeah, um, for sure. Because my community has been so wonderful and accepting and yeah. supportive of me. Uh, Winston-Salem's really good for that, too. Yeah. We have a really, really, really strong um, downtown community, especially. Right. And so many new businesses are popping yes, up. Yes, very true. Very true. And um, it's great. We're growing and, and at an exponential rate. Yeah. <laughs> that, that. That's beautiful. Uh, I, I will say, though, like I probably wouldn't have done this like five years ago. Yeah. Because I didn't really see any promise at that point in mm-hmm. time in Winston. Yeah. Honestly. Um, 
but now it, it the timing was just right and yeah. uh the location is key yeah again one thing i'd really recommend to anyone who wants to open up a brick and mortar is more than your square footage or how old the building is because i have like maybe 900 square feet yeah. and my building is very very old the location is key yes, yes. i get a lot of foot traffic yes you do. and i most people who come through the door not so much now but especially in the beginning it was just their first time and yep. i mean still people come in every day and it's their first time mm -hmm. so i love that too um but i'm just very very grateful for that space mm -hmm. that i didn't want initially yes it's crazy how things work out yeah that's awesome yeah so i want you to kind of go back to opening day <sighs> so what was going through your head when you opened those doors well, first of all, there was someone there at 7.45 waiting. So they were that, waiting for the doors to open. Yeah. And you know what I know? It's so awesome. It's like I have a great relationship with her now, and she comes in all the time, and we're cool. And, yeah, Susie Blackman, she's really, really cool. Uh, she works at the new Cycle Bar um, in downtown Winston-Salem. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, she was the very first person there, and she, like, made it her mission to be the first person and be, like, a badass woman supporting another badass Yo, woman. So That is cool. I yeah. love that. Yeah. The first person. The first person. That's pretty. When you think, and it's, and it, you know, for someone, you know, outside of it, it's like, you know, that's whatever. But, like, that's crazy that from now on that that's like, that she's the first person to support your shop. And I didn't, I had never met her before. Right. Ever. And that was that, like, I'll, I'll never forget that. I honestly, though, don't remember a lot, like, the first <laughs> month because I was just so tired. You, you were part, I'm sure you were around the clock. I was so tired. I mean, I had a lot of help, though, thankfully. Yeah. Again, like, I had really, really good people right. in my life helping me, again, pushing me through, believing in me, taking care of me. Yeah. Um, and, I, again, I'm forever grateful for that so right because that's the other thing is if you're gonna start a business like be prepared for your life to be turned upside down everything yeah that's great thing you're a great you know source for that it's like i think everyone has their in their heads like oh yeah i'm starting this business it's gonna be great you know we work these hours and we awesome <laughs> you were working like probably like 10 12 hour days okay <laughs> I'm sorry. Ten to twelve. I wish I had those now, Daniel. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't call me out like that on this podcast. You, gosh. Okay, a lot longer I'm than just, that. I love you. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just sticking on you. No, you don't. Mm. What's so mean? Anyway, okay. So tell, <laughs> tell us. Tell us what that was like from the beginning. Yeah, seriously. Hey, tell yeah. us in the beginning. Beginning. How was your daily life? Um, I was getting a couple hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, it. I'm being serious though. I, I really, it's almost like it's blocked out of my memory. It was just that insane. Yeah. I, uh, I was so sleep deprived. I wasn't, I wasn't remembering to like to eat or drink water. Cause I was just like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Um, but what ended up, what I realize now in retrospect is I was baking like a fucking machine. Yes. With one oven. Yeah, that is ridiculous. <laughs> and like cranking stuff out. And again, I had help. But like when I was there by myself, like I'd be there at like 3 a.m. Or I'd leave at like 1 a.m. And then I'd get there at like 3 a.m. And I'd bake muffins and have to do dishes and set up and like do all this stuff. And um, again, thankfully now, like as time has gone on, it's gotten easier. Yeah. Um, but I... I'm not kidding when I 
say, <laughs> like, I wanted to jump off a freaking cliff most yeah. of the time. Yes. Because it's also like people walk in, when you have a storefront, you have to deal with people having these preconceived notions about you and your product because like people talk it up and then you have to live up to those expectations. And um, especially with food, mm-hmm. uh, more specifically than I think a, a, a regular like retail location where like y- you, you curate things, you find really cool stuff to put on your shelves, you know, um, but those things can sit there if they need to. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to, of course, but they can. You can't do that with food. Um, at least I don't. <laughs> right, right. Um, I don't like freeze stuff. I don't. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Like I, I have a actually a um like a residential fridge. It's not even a commercial fridge, and a very 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 small freezer that I'll put like st- like some things in. But really, like all I have right now are like some veggie burgers and some frozen berries and ice. Yeah. And that that's it, really. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So, and that's why things are super small batch, too, because I think it's important to retain that quality. But yes. back to my original point, I was baking so fast that I was compromising the quality oh, of wow. my product. Gotcha. I was rushing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that any artist can kind of uh, empathize with is, once you get into a space where your passion becomes your source of income and it, you, you have to also compromise like certain things. Like I wanted to be just a cookie shop, but I ended up making yeah, everything, <laughs> every, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so you, you have to evolve. Um, and I wasn't taking like the time that I needed to with like my craft. I, I just was cranking out cookies for the sake of production versus enjoying it. And that comes across in your baking. Yeah. Like you, I can taste it. I, I experience a, a completely different thing when I know that I've taken my time versus rushing through something. That's wild. Do you think that's probably one of the best things you've learned so far? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and time management. Yes. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I got through college, honestly. I really I, don't. Yes, I definitely am with you on that. I don't. Um, and, like, I did really well, too. Yep. Like, not just get through. So that's, yeah. like, really puzzling to me as well. Um, but, yeah, time management is key. And yeah. I'm still learning. I'm still not the best at it. Right. But, uh, yeah, definitely. That's crazy. Was definitely it, that. <laughs> was it crazy with the media coverage? Because I know you've been in the papers, you've been on, what, Fox? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, that's, that's pretty, has to be pretty crazy. Yeah, Shannon called me at like 5 a.m. Because I was there baking. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's so cool to call someone this early in the morning and then like actually, actually answer. Yeah, and you're being like nice and you're not like cranky, you know? Because I had been up for two hours already. Yeah, hey, I've been up. So this yeah. is what's up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she came in and that was really fun. Yeah, that's cool. Michael Hastings from the journal did a write up. Um, I've had a lot of really great local exposure just from people being that supportive, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. and I think that's really key and that's the key to my success. Mm-hmm. I have paid for advertising once. That's beautiful. Once. That, and that is the beauty. This is the good side of word of mouth, social media. 
I mean, I haven't even paid for a sponsored post on Instagram or Facebook either. That's awesome. Like at all. That's that's amazing. And I remember, I remember when shop opened. I, I didn't get there to it later because I'm a mediocre friend. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember seeing homies just posting and posting and posting your cookie wrappers and the coffee they were getting in the pink boxes, and I'm just like, yo, she's blowing up. Yeah. And that's really freaking cool. Obviously, I, I was so stoked to see it from afar, and I eventually got there, and it's absolutely amazing. It's like such a great shot. Thank you. Um, so one question I want to back up a little bit. How do you, when it comes to forecasting, like thinking of how much to make, the the what you're going to make that day, like all that, how do you decide on all that kind of stuff? Well, that took me a really long time to understand. Right. Because I was so new, like, and this is the other thing about me getting a brick and mortar that is still completely insane yeah. to me, is I did three pop-ups yeah yes three that, yep bulls tavern hoots raylan mm -hmm. and then i signed a lease like a month later Woo. like literally a month later a month later a month later i just didn't i just decided to stop overthinking it i was like you know in my mid-20s i was bored with what i was doing and i just didn't like i mean i was definitely pushed to do it too like because people believed in me that much. But sometimes, like, you really just have to push yourself enough to, like, get past that hump exactly. and actually take a chance. Because, again, I, I would not be where I am today if I hadn't just, like, dove straight in. And exactly. not knowing what I was doing at all. Exactly. It's like, you know, doing the pop-ups and then you just dive into a lease. It's just like, okay, well, I'm in this. So when you got the keys to the place, like, what was going through your head? Were you just like okay, I just made a mistake. Did that ever cross your mind at all? For a sec? Well, a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a few seconds. Um, I, I, was, I was really happy. Like, I, I felt that I had something... Um, something... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. I want to do it justice. I felt a sense of security Yeah. for like the first time in a really long time. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love that. And I know your dad has backed you a lot on this. Yeah. Um, how is he feeling about all this? Oh, he's my biggest cheerleader. Yeah, and, of course. And I mean, you know, my, my dad and I butt heads a lot. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like he's my dad and I'm his kid and he loves me and, and he sees my potential. That's like one thing my, my whole life. Yeah. Uh, my parents were always on my ass right. about like, you got to get good grades, blah, blah, blah. But they, and I always, I have asked everything. I want people to understand. I'm not like this super like productive, proactive person who like checks off everything on their to-do list like that day, like. I've had to grow into being that person, um, but my my dad always saw my potential. Right. So he's like the one who really, really pushed me to do this and has um, had like a lot, a lot of really great life advice and direction as well. My stepmother really helped me yeah. a lot too. But I mean, I got, you know, I had to get my LLC. I had to get insurance. Mm -hmm. I had to get permits. I had to get inspections. I had to install my oven. Like there was a lot. A bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff. Right. But, like, once you get all that stuff out of the way, it's yeah, a lot it's, easier after yeah, that. Now you just kind of just go into flow of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's really cool. So when it comes to this is probably more of you cooking. Um, what inspirations um, do you have as far as the other chefs or other people? What inspires you to make the goods you make? Um, well, I will say that the one thing that really inspired me to have like vegan and like gluten free options um, was my like my friends and people who I, I was close with who um, I don't want people to think feel like they're an afterthought mm-hmm. um and thankfully we live in a time now where there's a lot more um focus and uh, advocacy for you know vegan options and gluten-free options um <clears throat> i mean i'm not a gluten-free certified kitchen we do you know we're sanitary we we practice those things but we are in like a really small space so like we like to like at least let people know like there is a risk for cross-contamination but we're doing everything we can on our end to make mm-hmm. sure that that doesn't happen right that's really great um um so but not like no chefs or anything oh yeah yeah i mean like um as far as uh baking goes thomas keller is like my number one idol along with like dominique ansel um pierre hermi um zumbo uh the pastry chefs that were at alinea i mean look at chef's table and like tell me yes. it's not like one of the most visually attractive things like you've ever seen because all of those chefs on there are amazing too but right. uh i take a lot of inspiration though from art oh yeah um not just like food related okay. um and music and just like my everyday surroundings really that's really neat it's crazy because i mean obviously inspirations for different come to different places for different people and of how like music and like yeah. art that's crazy how that can inspire like a tangible you know baked good but that's really freaking cool thank you but yeah awesome um so obviously you've mentioned social media but like how else are you branding yourself and kind of marketing yourself out into the world you have a website or anything or anything like that yeah i have a website right now that i'm actually working with um a local company new good. carolina good. um andrew hewitt's really awesome okay. Um, I actually met him through a breast cancer um, benefit that we did at Bulls Tavern. Um, it was actually on my mom's birthday. Okay. And uh, so it was it was uh, for her and to raise some money for a really good cause. So I good. met him and he's working on that. I'm trying to still get some photos and really figure out exactly what content I want to put out there um, before I release really it. Put it out there. Yeah. Um, but like Facebook and Instagram, Martha, those are the other two like forms of social media yeah. that we have. And it's a really good way to keep up with the things that we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. So, wow, that's, that's, no, that's pretty much it. That's crazy. So what would you say to someone maybe getting into baking or any of the arts or just anything creative? What would you say to that person? You just have to keep on trying and practicing and spend hours and hours and hours honing your craft. Um, Again, I'm really bad at finishing things I start. I've played flute. I've played guitar. I've played bass. I've played piano. I've, you know, I've took art classes, but I never like followed through with anything because I just didn't enjoy spending hours doing something. And when you find your passion and you can spend six hours doing something and it doesn't feel like work, like that's when you know that like 
Yeah. That's what you're meant to do, I think. And you have to just keep trying. So I love that. And another thing you mentioned earlier, which I love that because I actually heard that from my current boss now, is not to be afraid of success. Yeah. Yeah. That's the number one thing is people have all these ideas and there's like, I don't know, like whatever. It's just like, I mean, what's, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You fail and it's whatever. But yeah. what if you're really good at it? What if it works? You know? So just take that dive. And that's really cool. I mean, you really said you, you dove into this. Completely. You know, and completely. It's, you know, it's big risk, but like it's working out. Yeah. I mean, I had a business plan for like a different space, a different direction, but I, I literally just had to like throw that thing away and I didn't have time to make another one. So (laughs) I just, again, figured it out as I went along. That's cool. And another thing you, uh, I like, uh, through your journey is that we're at the honeypot, you know, you took like, you know, getting your backbone and, you know, working in the service industry and then doing all this stuff has all like brought you right here. You've probably taken something from every single one of those experiences. Oh yeah, that for makes sure. The humble be what it is. So that's great. So if anyone's feeling out there feeling stuck, like just you know, just take what you can from it and just you know keep going. That's really cool. But yeah, Thanks. that's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I did, you know, obviously I've known you forever, but. This is still really, really nice. I'm glad you made the time to do this. I mean, Jacob, both appreciate this. We've been trying to get you on this podcast for a long, long time. So, no. And I'm hoping people will be inspired by your story because I am. It's amazing. Oh, I love you. And actually, no. What? Circle back. So oh. what? <laughs> I thought we were done. So what, where do you see yourself as a business owner like 20 years down the road? Like, Where would you want to be? Obviously, you home a B-shop is hopefully forever. But like, would you want to franchise it out or would you ever want to you know, move it around. I think there's like something really beautiful about a homegrown business that yeah. stays true to its roots. Yeah. Um, I don't ever want to be super corporate. Okay. I don't want to ever be that big okay. to that degree. Um, I always want to have my hand in it. Right. I, I never want to be a hands-off uh, owner. I, I think that that's where a lot of people fuck up. Yeah. And they just, um, they learn how to delegate, which that's another thing I'm still learning how to do because I'm a control freak and I have to do everything at some point, but, um, they know how to delegate, but then they're just completely hands off and they're not part of the experience anymore. And so I don't ever want to do that. But honestly, I don't want to think 20 years ahead. Yeah. I think like five, 10 year plans. Yeah. That that's more approachable. Um, and I think that's another thing that people should take into account too, is like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to like (laughs) go out and make something happen immediately. Right. It takes time. I mean, I had an idea and it took me three years to get to a point where I can say like, this is happening and it's doing really well. Sometimes it takes five years. Sometimes it takes 10 years, but, um, as long you have to have confidence in yourself. I, right. that is the core of everything like in my experience that has it's helped me realize that you have to believe in yourself mm-hmm. because even if you have a hundred people in a room surrounding you telling you how wonderful you are and how great you are at the end of the day you still have to rely on yourself exactly to push through and and do those things um and again it shows in your work too yeah. so i love that thanks thank you cool so last thing where can we find you on the internet 
at the Humble Bee Shop. Yes. And then the HumbleBeeShop.co yes. is the website. Um, right. And that's the Instagram, Humble Bee Shop. The Humble Bee Shop. And on gotcha. Facebook, too. Yes, on Facebook. So support Brittany. She's amazing. Can you tell us that physical address since you have a storefront? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, 1003 Brookstown Avenue. Um, it's in Winston-Salem. And it's uh, behind Moselle's and across from Camel City Goods. Yes. So in a great location. And go there. Get some of this delicious treat. She brought cookies. And shout out to bringing treats to the Free Pizza Podcast because we're all about that. And we're yeah, but where's my pizza? Okay, we don't need to do that. See why people got to throw me on the bus? <laughs> we, we're we're look, we're finding that sponsor. So people out there, y'all should sponsor the Free Pizza Podcast with free with free pizza. You know, right for now, you. Yeah, for me. Not for your guests. Well, if you want to sponsor one for the guests, that's fine. One, so you would have the whole one pizza to yourself. And if Jacob wants one, you give one to Jacob, but I want one. Daniel White. <laughs> we could get it. We'll talk about that later. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, today's one is sponsored by Humble Bee Shop. Today's sponsor, free cookies, Humble Thank you. You're but welcome. anyway, support Brittany. She's right in Winston. She's great. Follow her on social media. See all the awesome treats she's making. And she does take commissions. Yeah, like yeah. You will take, you will bake goods for mm-hmm. events and people for personal stuff. Yeah. Um, so hit her up. And uh, yeah, thank you. This has been a great episode. Thank you. You're the best. I'm the best. Jacob's the best. We're all the best. Everyone's the best. And thank you for listening, listeners. Thank you. Bye. Bye.